0: Hi, I'm Maryelle Hemingway. As a mental health advocate and author, I love books. Books have the capacity to inspire, educate, transform, and ultimately help readers all over the world. So if you want to publish your book or if you need help writing your story, I highly recommend Mindstir Media, rated the number one best book publisher around the country. Mindstir Media can help you no matter where you are in the book writing or publishing process, go to MindsterMedia.com to learn more and schedule a consultation. This episode is brought to you by Mindster Media and the Sunrise segment of the Outcomes of Sun Podcast Radio.
1: Sun, Mariel Hemingway, and Melissa Yamaguchi.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Outcomes of Sun Radio with my co host, Melissa Yamaguchi, and myself, Mariel Hemingway. Uh, This is the Sunrise segment, and we're going to talk about something a little, I don't know. I don't know. Let's talk about sex, baby let's talk oh, about wow. you and me yeah <laughs> wow okay let's talk about it so um we read or, no you read let's be honest you read and we talked about it when we when i was walking on the beach uh about Gwyneth Paltrow talking about her past uh, sex partners yes mm-hmm. yeah. yeah her sexual Not, she,
2: she, i think she was respectful i don't think she went into well she didn't go into a lot of detail with some of her partners i would have liked a little bit more
1: <laughs>
2: you know, should remain nameless but
3: uh, except everybody knows Yep.
2: yeah well, they should she did she she did talk about it so let's talk about that what do you think about people talking about their past conquest
0: you know i i am i don't know is it my generation is it that i've always i you know, maybe this is like an admission on air of how incredibly shy I am about that subject. I don't think it is I don't even talk to you about that that subject.
2: We don't talk about
0: Damn. that. <laughs> don't just
2: do a- that. Don't do that when we're talking about it.
0: <laughs> well I, you know, I played quote unquote, sex symbols in films. I played Dorothy Stratton and she was like this sexy person. And people say, well, you were, but it was different. I was playing a character and I didn't feel that I would, that didn't feel like me. I would never, I don't know. And, And this is not a judgment of somebody who is comfortable talking about that. But for me, it's just so personal. It's such an intimate, it's an intimate experience that you don't share with people because it's yours to it I just feel like we hold it in a in a little box oh yeah it's like a it's like a treasure and to me sharing it is just it's kind of like it just it makes it it makes it less special in my Uh, mind well I've been to parties before where
2: a dad came up to my husband one of the fathers at the party came up to my husband and said you know i've been i'm so glad you guys came i was hoping you'd come And within like five minutes of that brief warm-up he said hey you guys how often do you guys have sex and i was lo- i i felt my right fist uh closing up i was getting ready to punch him in his throat i was so mad that he had the audacity and the nerve to ask something so first of all how crass yeah excuse me i wasn't even offered a glass of water before he did that <laughs> so crass, so blunt so rude i'm i'm gonna i'll give him the benefit of the doubt and think maybe he'd been drinking i don't know we were late i don't know but i think that look there's two schools of thought here for me so i i'm on one hand i kind of admire when people are very free-spirited about their their ability to be physical and very open and honest about it with themselves and talk about it and they know who where they who they are they know what their sexual preferences are and they're very open and honest about it. So I applaud that. But then to dissect it as though it doesn't matter, kind of confuses me. Um, I don't participate, but when I heard, when I was reading and listening, I think Gwyneth had been was interviewed by somebody and was talking about her past relationships. Um, I remember my first thought was, huh, that's, that's daring. And that's interesting. And I I wonder if the gender roles had been reversed, if we would have been as forgiving. Because if if a guy had been sitting on the couch going, oh, yeah, I slept with so-and-so. And And let's just say he was technically good. And I slept with so-and-so. And he was kind of like a first love, or she was like a first love, or whatever. I wonder if people would have been thinking, Good for good for him for being so open and honest with his sexual. I mean, I don't know. I just think it's a tricky subject.
0: It is tricky. It is tricky. And I think we do have different standards when it comes to male and female sharing. I mean, certainly in the world that we live in now, you know. It, it, there, there's no more sharing anyway. <laughs> like if you share, if you don't share the right way, you'll you know, you're it's the cancel culture. That whole thing is such a strange and bizarre sort of thing, but it is. I, I just, you know, my it's just my personal opinion that I would rather keep those things very sacred in my mind. You know, that's just for me. That's what works.
2: Well, I won't be talking about it anytime soon. You can, I can talk about the sunrise, the sunset. We should be talking about the sex. Sun. <laughs> sunrise, sunset. <laughs> no
0: talk of sex. <laughs> Oh my God. Hey, don't go away because we're coming back with an amazing guest. She's a friend of mine. She's, she's a wonderful woman. She's incredibly, God, I I can't even, anyway, I can't wait for you to meet her. She's incredible. You're going to be like, Oh, wow. She's
2: full of wisdom. Come on back.
0: Yeah. She's the David Bowie of meditation. So I leave with you, leaving with that. But don't go anywhere because I'm coming back with that.
2: good morning santa barbara you're listening to the morning show with mariel hemingway and melissa yamaguchi that'd be me right here on kzsb 96.9 fm and 1290 am in santa barbara
1: hi it's kevin nealon i have a new book out now called i exaggerate my brushes with fame it's a collection of my caricatures and accompanying anecdotes also if that's not enough for you i have a little hiking show on youtube it's a web series it's called hiking with kevin but more importantly, right now, you're listening and watching Outcomes the Sun with Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. Enjoy.
0: Hi, I'm Mariel Hemingway, and you have joined Outcomes the Sun podcast. This is our fifth podcast. We're super, super excited. I'm here with my partner, Melissa Yamaguchi. Sorry, Melissa. Hello. my Hello, hello. My partner in crime and my co-founder of the Mariel Hemingway Foundation. Such a clever name. But it really means MH Foundation, which means mental health. Um, today, I'm so excited because I have a guest who's a really Really important person in my life, and also just an incredible woman and a friend, which is awesome. Uh, her name is Beat Simpkin, and she is. Uh, how do you describe you? You are an extraordinary um well, you're a meditation teacher, but you're so much more than that. You're kind of a spiritual leader. And you're a spiritual leader who comes from such a modern place. I was I was listening to your music. I mean, I listen to your music all the time, but I you know, it's so wonderful to have this voice of spirituality coming from somebody like yourself, I should read a little bit of your bio because it's actually kind of extraordinary. So be it is a world renowned meditation leader, dubbed the David Bowie of meditation, <laughs> which I love. Um, she's also a musician. She's an incredible singer and musician. And she puts amazing things together. And it, she has a wonderful album out called Mercury, which is on Spotify, which is just beautiful. And each song is like a, it's like a spiritual lesson. I love it. I, I love it. I listen to it, and I know because I know you. I, I hear things in it. Anyway, your life is extraordinary. I could go on and on. You're raised by a shaman in New York. I mean, you're you've got a life that nobody else really ha- nobody's had a life like yours, and you've gone through. Addiction and all kinds of crazy things, loss of a child. I mean, like heartbreaking, challenging, extraordinary things have gotten you to a place where spirituality is like your center and you share that, and you're a teacher and you're a leader. So we're excited to have you. Um, super excited. It's just, it really means the world to me that you had come at such a short notice. I know I didn't give you much time. Maybe yesterday. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so I'd like to, I'm not letting you speak, but I'm going to one second. I want to tell you what we've been discussing on the podcast lately. Melissa and I have been talking about spirituality as it pertains to mental health. And I kind of, we've both come to this kind of conclusion that one of the biggest reasons that uh, mental illness is such a problem is that our there there's we're spiritually bankrupt as a as a you know as a as a world we kind of lost our connection to something greater than ourselves and I'd love for you to speak to that a little bit.
3: Yeah, you know, I'm in the process of shooting my course, like next week, I'm going to Joshua Tree to shoot my new online course, which is going to be like a blend of breath work, somatic work and meditation. And I was just talking to my team about what is it that you know, what, why am I doing this? Why do I why do people need a course? Why do people need my work? Why do people need spiritual work in general? Right. And I just said, I said the grand statement to which my, because I have a team that, you know, what do you call it? Reels me in. But I was like, my work is the solution to all problems. (laughs) And my team was like, that's too grand a statement. Like you can't say you solve all problems. And I was like, sorry, there's like a sound. Can you, is that okay? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm in. You can hear me. Okay. So, Um, But the truth is, it's not about me. Although, thank God, for some reason, I am a conduit of this incredible work, but it isn't about me. The fact is this spiritual work is the solution to all of our problems. And why is that? That's because all problems stem from a spiritual problem. So if you don't have a spiritual problem anymore, then you don't have any problems anymore. Like you used to have a car like we cr- crashed our car yesterday, like into a wall. It wasn't like a big crash. Like no one got hurt. It was like we parked it weirdly into the garage, and now we have to spend five thousand dollars on like a dent. You know how it is with cars. Anyway, the point <laughs> is is that, like that would be a problem. But because I have a spiritual solution, it's like that's not a problem. And many things are not problems for me because I have a spiritual solution to them. And to me, having a spiritual solution, dissolves all problems. So when you're talking about mental health, it's like the mind is actually designed to be quite, it's it's a problem solving machine. That's all it's meant to do. But we've assigned it every task known to man. We're like, oh, I'm having this depression. I'll, I know what I'll do. I'll just shove it into my mind. I'm sure my mind will know what to do with that. <laughs> and the mind is like, I'm here to like, figure out like, really simple, like, okay, where do we pick up the eggs from the store? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm here to remember what is the color blue. That's my only job. And we give it these really big emotional tasks, and it cannot handle those things. And so that is, as a society, that is what we're doing. We're moving everything we have, all of our physical problems, all of our emotional problems, all of our grief, all of our sadness, all of our memories, we're moving it all up to the mind. And then we're just thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking It's like, who wouldn't have a problem if that's your freaking,
0: you know, process. (laughs) So to me, you know, it's so true. You know, that's so it's fascinating because you're right. It's like we do. We take all of these things because we think the brain's so, you know, vast and amazing, which it is but also it's not designed to handle physical issues or the crash into the garage or whatever it is. So we shove them up into the brain and the, and that's, you know, and the whole thing about, you know, spirituality is like meditation is like, get out of your mind, you know, like quit putting it all in your mind. Don't think it through, feel it, It, you know, be in it. Right. Am I correct? Yeah, I
3: think you are correct. And you and I have very similar, you know, processes, you know, whether we're doing breath work or we're walking in soil or we're walking with animals or looking at the sky. There's so many ways to get out of the mind and get into the body, but it's painful. I think that's the other thing is people don't want to do is they don't want to feel pain. So exercise is painful. Meditation is painful. Breath work is pain. Like everything's painful. Somatic work is painful. The first thing you do when you do somatic work is feel feelings. And like, as a person, like, you know, I'm like a very heady individual. I come from a background of deep intellectuals, a long lineage of intellectuals. And like what I have found is that intellectualism has driven me to deep, deep despair. So there's nothing wrong with intellectualism. I'm very excited that I've read many, many books, I will continue to do so. However, when it comes to processing my feelings, I no longer try to use my mind.
0: For Interesting. That I-, I want you to address this, Melissa, because you like uh, be it are an incredibly well read intellectual person. And I'm wondering if this resonates at all if you if you recognize that kind of mental that mental overload that happens to all of us I, right you know
2: well I, there's a couple of things i want to address and first and foremost the david bowie meditation i'm, I'm hooked on it and i'm thinking because I te- I was i was telling slater during the break that i think i got to sex up my feng shui work and so i'm going to become the tina turner of feng shui i just want that <laughs> out, there, out there okay so um so, um, yeah, it, there's a lot of what you're saying that I'm, I'm you know, part of our job here is to is to g- gather as much information from you, the wise one, that we can distill among and disperse it, if you will, amongst our audience. And, and I'm listening to you as though I'm a member of the audience, list, listening to what you're saying, realizing this, uh, in a lot of the work that I do, I deal with a lot of young people. And by young people, I mean... Um, 17, 18 to like 25. So there's this genre of kids that are like right in leaving high school, in college, out of college, or in the work field. This 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 gap here, and a lot of them are stuck. And when I hear you speaking about how we're taking these feelings and processing it up here. I'm intrigued by you, and I will answer what you asked me, Mariel, but I'm intrigued to find out from you, before we close this at some point today, some tools that, that we can give our audience. Because I'm, when I listen, in my lack of information on this makes me feel despair that I can't help. Right, and So I can imagine how a parent would feel or a counselor who's trying to guide a young person who's overthink, thinking overthinking and triple-thinking. Everything when they've got to leave it alone and they don't know how to leave it alone. It's stuck in this hiccup, this repeat loop of of overthinking. Whether it's through something on social media or th- it's through texting, which, which is a large portion of their communication, not the face to face. So they overthink each word and comma and placement of, of the right. So it just it, mm-hmm. it stresses them out to a level where they they become paralyzed, literally paralyzed. So, but as far as the the re- I, think, I think maybe with all of the background of reading and this push for higher education that I was um, driven down that path as a young, a young girl and then my parents and grandparents, there's all these higher, you know, PhDs and MBAs and all that. And, it, yeah, I was driven down that path. I think what saved me um, was that I have just enough irreverence that I would take classes and realize that some of my professors weren't that bright about certain things. I didn't fault them. I wasn't looking for their Achilles, but I just realized they were human. And so I didn't get as tripped up. And it's not that I was looking for flaws in other people to justify my own. I just didn't get as tripped up. Um, I don't have that stress level. I do have a respect for it, but I just kind of pull away from it. Where my stress comes now is what I just shared. My feeling is though I can't help. I I don't know how to help. I don't have the tools to understand how to guide anybody who's struggling from all those things that I just shared. I'm intrigued to learn from you what to do.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's where you're the, where you come in. I mean, literally you do. I, I remember I had my first session. And I didn't really know you. Right. And you were like, not a problem. Oh, oh I have, I've addressed this. Here's what's really wonderful about Bit that you need to, that everybody out there needs to know she's experienced everything she's sharing with you right would I, I'm not wrong in saying, so everything. so everything comes from oh I've been through this I get this I know this one <laughs> you know you're having trouble with whatever manifesting or this or that or whatever it is oh I've been there I went down that path it's okay I've got your hand right i'm I'm here with you I'm holding space for you to like move, move through this. And you do it in such a way that is not, which will be great for, you know, if you do have tips for, for, especially as young people, because you speak in a way that's like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm 60 and you're like the cool person who's like a rock and roll star, right? (laughs) Well, it's relatable. I think, I think it's relatable.
2: What? Yeah. Well, what you see depends on where you stand. Yeah. And if you've stood there, then you know how to relate. And the number one thing that I keep hearing from people when I talk to some of my clients is they, might, they just want to be heard. And they, if they think if you don't see them, then you don't hear them. And so you, you're standing in a position where you're relatable. I think that's probably the, one of the that's – a, that's a
3: superpower. Well, you said I'm standing and, you know, it comes down to like the way I describe my work is that like I walked out of hell backwards. And so, you know, yes, I lost my daughter to sudden infant death. Yes. My house burnt down. Yes. My father died of a heart attack. Yes. My best friend hung himself. Yes. That happened all within like a span of two years. And to me, that's a fire, you know, and and many of your clients, these young people that you're speaking about and and all the people that marielle helps they're they're struggling with their own fire and what i teach people how to do is walk out of the fire backwards that is to say that you need to get out of there but you need to always have one eye on the fire like yeah. the fire is not bad it's not something to be for like forgotten it's not something to put in regret like i do not regret the past I do not regret losing my daughter. I do not regret the tragedies that I've endured because to me they are they're fire within me but I've walked out of it but I still see it. And so that fire connects me to people. And to answer your question Melissa, you know there's a couple of things. I founded a, a breath work system which in four breaths gets you to a state as high as mushrooms, LSD, um, you know tripping on drugs. So, and whippets and heroin, and I, I've actually done all of those drugs. As a former drug addict myself, I was looking for a solution to find these altered states without hangover, without the destruction of my bank account, the destruction of my family, the destruction of my life, cheating on my husband. I didn't want to do any of those things. So I'm like, well, how am I going to create a sustainable life, but still feel high AF? Mm-hmm. And a lot of these kids, if you're working with youth, they want to get high. They want to get high because it isn't that long ago that they were high all the time. Pre-age seven, we're just wasted. Yeah. We are walking <laughs> embodiments of the divine. And then we get plucked right out of that at seven into some little level of reality. And at 12, we literally get plucked into hell. And from from hell in puberty, and this really confusing biological, no one teaches us how to be in our body. No one teaches us how to dance or move or shake or breathe. And here's the other thing, breathing, like this is a breath. But I don't think of it as the last breath of my life. I have the distinct notion And it's a false notion that I will have many breaths to come. (laughs) And the truth is, is that it very well could be the last breath of my life and yours and yours. We just take these breaths for granted. Each one of them is our last dying breath. And when we teach people how to breathe, when we teach them how to move, when we teach them how to embody their pain, what happens is they actually start to get back into the only place that exists, which is not their tweets or their Instagram. It's the present moment. It's all we have. We think we have. Oh well, in five years I'll buy this, you know, five million dollar home. Or we think, oh, in ten years I'm gonna whatever. Like it's not fucking gonna happen. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. Point is, is <laughs> like you not you, can you can't, can't do anything. You can't do anything in ten years. Right. You can't do anything
0: outside of this moment. Absolutely, it's so good. And Melissa, her breath work is is truly profound. You know, I have done no drugs because I'm terrified. And I think you are. <laughs> but it is this, I was doing them this morning. And it's, it, it is, it's profound what it does. It's just four breaths. And I do maybe four sets, maybe eight, if I'm greedy, <laughs> and I want lots of feeling. But it's like, Unbelievable, and and it always, and whenever I do them, you know, when I get that temptation to think, maybe I should try this psilocy, you know, like maybe I should microdose, right. it. and it's only a thought because I get too scared. But I feel, you know, I know that that feeling is so profound because it makes you feel, and I, you know, I don't you know i've read a tremendous amount of spiritual books of of like samadhi but it does you have this sense of like being one mm. with everything it does bring you into the present moment and your the tactile senses of your entire body and the visuals in your mind it's just it's it's wild it's wild and i haven't done drugs so there you go it's wild to me <laughs> wild to both of us amazing <laughs> so good um, well, that's, yeah, I love that. Okay, so here's another thing that you asked me. We were going to do uh, a little workshop. COVID was so crazy, and we were all like, I don't know if this is going to work. You asked <laughs> me a question, <laughs> and it was so compelling because I think of myself as somebody who can address things honestly. And like, I can go to the core of something and like get really raw. But I think, and I was trying to find where I wrote the question down. Of course I couldn't find it. So I'm going to bastardize the question, but you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. So you said, <laughs> so when we do this, I want you, I want you, cause we're going to ask everybody this. I want you to think of something your biggest secret. Was it your biggest secret or your biggest lie? <laughs> I, couldn't I think it was a secret. I think <laughs> I was it was like, yeah, a secret. The biggest lie. Was Which like, can sometimes <laughs> be the same thing. <laughs> yeah. My thing. Yes. I think it was the biggest secret. Like the thing that just mm. kind of mm. like makes you feel. Yeah. Mm. A little creepy. Right. Because mm-hmm, you have mm-hmm. to admit it. You had to. So I, I sat there kind of knowing what it was, but not really wanting Mm. to admit that that's what it was, right? That it was that So it's very interesting and I loved that you're, and you're super willing because you just said, yeah, this is my thought. You know, I'd had this thought Mm -hmm. and I was like, whoa, you know, right? But you say it and once you say it, it's Mm -hmm. like it's just a word is to me because mental so, so for mental balance or health or whatever you want to call it. And I don't you know, it, it, it's actually an inappropriate term. It's really about living life in the present moment. Right. What, what we're talking about. Um, it It's it just so I just lost my thought. <laughs> so secret. Simple. You were so talking secret, about the secret. But, yeah, the because question. that secret really wants me to just stay clear away, and wants you to share it right here oh on the my podcast. God. Uh, That's yeah. what it really wants. I do I, I think it left me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> at the edge of their seat. Right they're just
0: waiting. You know? the day, I honestly can't remember. I was like, oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'll get there. Maybe by the end. <laughs> How many more minutes? No do we worries. have like 10 i We'll figure it out. Anyway, um, so when you kind of address those, those, those embarrassing questions, those shameful kind of secrets that we have, that that we kind of bury inside, do you feel that that unlocks um, unlocks bigger stories? Do you know what I mean?
3: Um, no, I, it's not so much about stories. It's about pressure, right? So basically, everyone's yeah. walking around like a pressure cooker and everything inside them, many, there's, there's a, many secrets, many articles of shame from yeah. our childhood, from our adolescence that we are holding as if it's really important. And they even may be things that we're currently feeling like sexual preferences or, um, kinks or just like things you're like, you're like, I don't think I want to tell someone at a party that I barely know that part of me or like, I don't want people to know, or even like as simple as like, I don't want people to know certain aspects of my personality. I want them to see me as pious or good or kind and generous. I don't want them to see me as someone who's a user and a bitch. And I'm just like, what if those parts of you were also beneficial to us all? What if, the fact that you're using people is actually a positive feature, especially when you think about features as a holistic experience. If I was just pious 24 hours a day, maybe that wouldn't be very beneficial to the world. Maybe that would not work, you know, because I don't actually think I would be famous. I don't think any of those things would have happened if I was sitting around just being like, I just don't care. There was needed to have been a desire inside me to affect the lives of others, right? So sometimes we think something's really shameful. I used to have a lot of shame about the fact that I wanted to be famous. Like just even that felt really like, oh God, don't hit me. Like don't don't think I'm bad because yes. like, I'm just like everyone else. I'm so I'm so normal. i special. I just understand be- that one. <laughs> yes. So yeah. Yes. So the last yes. thing I'll say about that is the shame piece is the pressure. And so Again, sometimes just doing the opposite, like the thing that we think is going to make us uncomfortable, like sharing the secret publicly, or even like so much as sometimes I'll have my clients dance around and like talk about their deepest, darkest, gross, like shame moments Mm -hmm. to a mirror so they can like get into it. It's like super, like, what is that word? Cognitive dissonance. Like it's kind of taking something that's very uncomfortable, like and squeamish, like, oh God, like, that's a part of myself I'm just grossed out by, and then a- actually seeing how it's sexy and it's cool because on the on the one hand, yeah, but it connects you to everybody and almost everyone can relate to the gross, to those disgusting, yeah, features. Most people, I've never been at a big event where I've shared my secrets and everyone ostracized me and left the event. It was quite the opposite. People were like, "Oh, <laughs> thank me God, you! I'm so ugly. I think I'm fat." I want to like be raped when I'm having sex. Like people are just like super like come out of their shell and start saying things, you know? Yeah,
0: no, it, it it's great. And, and yeah. And I so relate to the kind of same thing The the admission that, you know, you want to affect the world. I want to be, you know, I want to have an impact. I want Mariel Hemingway. You know, I called it Marielle Hemingway foundation. I was acting all like coy about it, but I did it for a reason. Right. If I'm really honest about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. That, I want my name out there and I want it to be associated with that. <laughs> that was just, okay, that was the secret.
2: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the shame thing I is fascinating really to important. me because. <laughs> The the shame thing is a fascinating thing to me because it, it 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 binds us and we and it's it's slammed on us at some point in our life. Oftentimes from zero to five, we start getting little things of no no no, ladies don't do that, and young you know we don't do that in this family or whatever that is that starts manifesting right. And then I see it a lot as it as it plays out in an eating disorder or. Uh, some some self medication, some form of self medication, because there's so much shame around whatever we heard, whatever those family mores, not even social mores, the family mores of what's right from wrong, and so we walk out of the house not knowing does it have everybody else is thinking. Right, I see it a lot. I th- I think there's something terrifying about admitting that secret, but then I can see why it would be g- extremely liberating. It's like it's like it's facing it. It's facing it. it. the The monster under the bed's never as hairy as we imagine he is. Well, and I what's great about it, I know yeah. that when
0: I speak, probably similar to you, Viet, is that is that everybody share. You know what's also very interesting about sharing a secret? Somebody will tell you, "Oh my God, my secret's exactly the same," or my story. You know, my y- you don't call it story, but my you know my background. Th- those icky feelings are the same. We have the same thoughts and they'll s- explain theirs and they're nothing like yours. That's what I find interesting because it's really just this connection of feeling, right? It's not really what the thing is. It's how it makes that person feel. So you made them feel the exact same way that they feel, right? So I I find that interesting because it's not the words, it's not the yada yada and I whatever. It's the how does that make you feel? You know, at first you're squeamish. At first you want to repel and like look like you're a good person, and then you're like, I'm so fucking cool. <laughs> Oh my God. Wow. This is the sexiest thing I've dealt with in a long time. Like it's weird, you know, it just shifts. It's like it transforms into something. I love that you make all of your pieces part of you that makes you great. That makes you human, you know, and our humanity is that we are flawed and that we are having our dips and things. And it's just about acknowledging them. And you know, getting back to where we are now. Do some breath work. Here I am, you know, right? But it's, it's also yeah, you think, have to acknowledge the past. I think you have to acknowledge the past where it comes from so that you can let that shit go. See, I swore.
3: Yeah, and also <laughs> you can't let it go either because there is no past. There is no future. It's coming for us at every minute. And I think that's the other lie that we've been sold, is that enlightenment is this thing that happens. And once it happens, we are rendered perfect. We are the Buddha. We are whatever the storytellers have come before us who lied and told us that that was the finale. Um, for me, that was very misleading. And I was looking for enlightenment from the time that I was a little girl with a awakened teacher for a father who was also spinning the similar lies uh, that everyone has spun, which is I reached enlightenment and now I'm free. And so and and because he really was walking the walk, I was like, well, this is a man who isn't really like filled with contradictions. So maybe there really is an end point. But I myself never found it. I never found it. I myself kept finding I would find enlightenment. I would have a white light experience of the highest degree, like that, you know, noteworthy of one best-selling book after another. <laughs> and then I would be, you know, follow that with depression with overeating, with wow. feeling alone, with flaws, with wh- et cetera. And then I would have another white light enlightenment experience followed by et cetera. And this would keep happening until finally I was like, maybe I just have the narrative wrong. Maybe enlightenment isn't a static one and done experience, but it's actually something it's that fluid. we have to return to over and over for fun. And the, what helps me the most as an enlightened person today is that I don't mind all the things that come inside of enlightenment. And for me, enlightenment is a holistic experience inside of which is flaws, sadness, pain, loss, grief. Yes. Despair. I mean, those things are not excluded. And I think that since I have allowed the wholeness of my life to exist, I'm no longer constantly beating myself up every time it doesn't look perfect
0: or feel perfect, which feels great. That's awesome. I love that so much because there is that thing about spiritual teaching. It's just let go, you know, just let go. How do you let go? It's let, and I've sat there in meditation going, I don't know how to, what does that even mean? You know, and I've even spouted it and Spouted it, not knowing really what it means to let go. Like you know, and people who are in pain in the moment, in pain, right? Having these experiences, you can't tell them to let go, right? You know, experience what you're experiencing, and then know that that will shift probably to a different experience, right? Because that's that's life, right? And I think that that's the way to look at mental health: is that it's going like this. And realizing that, but also knowing how to live your life, you know, and I've shared with you that I think lifestyle is 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 tantamount to finding, you know, the best version of yourself every day. Now, and that could be a sad version, but it's at least you're you you're armed to deal with the situations that come up with response, not reaction, right? Yes, I agree with you.
3: And I'll just add one thing. While the mental condition is like this, while life is like this, there is a part of us that is never changing. There is a part of us that is made out of light. Uh, and yes. I refer to that as the soul. And so like I do both and, you know what I mean? I just don't expect my soul to be running the show a hundred percent of the time. Sometimes my soul is running the show. How fun and how groovy, because that's so great for my vanity. <laughs> um, and then sometimes like the part of me that sucks is running the show. Sometimes I'm yelling at my husband or right. sometimes I'm like, you know, upset or, you know, I get an email and I feel like I'm a loser, whatever. Like that stuff happens, but that, I know that's not my soul. And so it's fun to watch and observe. I can observe it. And also, um, you know, I love what you said about let it go. Yeah, you can let it go. But how you need actual tools, like Melissa was saying, like these kids need tools, they can't just be told to let it go. They need practices and right actions that help them to actually feel a release, both physically and mentally, so that they can keep moving to the next moment and the next moment and evolve.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: So I I would go ahead, Melissa. Sorry. I was just gonna say a lot of things that I hear from these kids also is, I'm doing everything right. I'm doing what I'm told. I don't understand what's happening. What's happening with? I don't understand why I'm. I can't send my resume. I can't send that application. I can't mm. text that boy. I can't. They 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 get paralysis and they don't know how to move. Whether it's up, down, sideways, they have no idea. So they understanding to stop. I love this breath work. I love this because that is something anybody can do anywhere, anytime. There's no right or wrong way when you're just taking a deep breath in to begin. Just take a, deep br- a breath right now and then learning your, the systems. And I, I'm going to get on and study this, trust me. But I, one thing you said about life is never changing and ever changing at the same time is one of the major tenets of the I which I teach. And, it's, and there's that tenet that life is never changing and yet ever changing at the same time. It's January through December, as we understand our Gregorian can, uh, calendar. But then this January is nothing like last January. And hopefully it'll be nothing like next January. So it's there's a be- there's a real satisfying beauty to that whole notion with your our mind and soul and spirit as well. The only thing is I get we I got to figure out the the fluctuations on the weight thing. But it's usually just around the holidays. Other than that, I think I'm
0: okay. <laughs> 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 oh my god. I, I could you. talk to you forever, but I know we've got like a small window and we only have a little half hour show because we wanted we wanted to give people just a little taste of you and then they want so much more, so they're gonna go to all your cool, you know, at guided by be it, B-I-E-T, guided by be it, and be it. Uh, simkin.com to see more information about you you are an extraordinary human being that i feel very honored to know and and call a friend um thank you so much for being on our show and i hope you'll come back because you're amazing you're amazing 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 and uh i don't know there you go. Thanks. Thank you. It was so great meeting you. Thank you so much Be it,
3: for your time. True. Truly. <laughs> Thank you all. Such a joy. And I look forward to seeing you all soon. Yeah.
0: Be it. I love you. I love you so much. And God bless you. You have this amazing new little daughter who is so cute. Her daughter, whose name is Sunday, which I love that name. Uh, she wasn't born on a Sunday. She was actually born on a Wednesday. But her name is Sunday. And we love you. Come back and speak to us because your wisdom is is great and your breathing techniques. I'd love for you to do a whole show on that because they're oh. extraordinary. So, uh, but don't go anywhere because st- Melissa Yamaguchi's got an energy tip. Good morning everyone. You are listening to the Morning Show with Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi right here on KZSB 96.9 FM and 12:90 AM in Santa Barbara.
1: And next, Energy with Melissa Yamaguchi.
2: Welcome back to out comes the sun i am melissa yamaguchi and i am here to a feng shui tip now the feng shui tip i want to talk about is your feet in feng shui and chinese medicine there's so much that goes on with the feet their own little world that goes on inside your, your feet if you study acupressure at all you'll understand Around the toes and then the, the the base of your foot right underneath the toes has a lot to do with your sinuses and your lungs. And then you get into the arch of the foot. If you have an arch of the foot or where the arch should be, it's when you get into the areas of understanding your stomach and then there's your spine. It's all it's all in there. Your foot is everything. Well, in Feng Shui, there's this whole practice of focusing on the shoes that you wear. And it's not good enough just to cram your feet into some shoes and head out. You've got to really pay attention to your shoes. So it's worthwhile to get your feet measured every so often to make sure that your shoes are still the shoes that you should be wearing. Not only because of your children, when your children's feet are growing like crazy, that's one thing you have to do. But even as an adult, your feet may shift and change. If you've been pregnant, your feet will be different. Maybe after pregnancy, when your body has gone back to some semblance of normalcy, you'll have your feet will be different also then. But then as you age, your feet change again. I know recently, um, I made a comment to my husband that I think his father's shoes may have been too big and it may have been impairing his, his walk, his gait. Sure enough, they were a half size too big. So we got him some new shoes. His gait has improved tremendously. So it's, it's vital in feng shui to pay attention to the shoes, ensure that they are protecting your feet, not cramping your toes, your foot needs to be treated like your lungs, are like another organ. The toes have to be able to move and breathe. The, the art should be supported. Pay attention to your shoes and feng shui, it is vital for your health. And that is my tip for you. Look at your shoes. And another thing, by the way, keep your shoes clean. You are paying respect to your, shoe, your to your feet by housing them like you would, to treat it like you do your house. Keep it nice and tidy. That's my tip of the day for feng shui. Please don't go, please stick around. Coming up next is Merrill Hemingway with a tip on health.
0: Hello, wonderful humans out there. I am Roy Zatiski from MyWildlife.com, and you are listening to Outcomes the Sun with Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. Hey, everyone. You're listening to The Morning Show with Mariel Hemingway, me. And Melissa Yamaguchi. That'd be me. <laughs> right here on KZSB 96.9 FM and 1290 AM in Santa Barbara.
1: And now, Mariel Hemingway with Balance.
0: Thank you so much. I do have a tip today on health and balance, and I'm going to talk a little bit about stretching. Uh, Stretching is incredibly important. I've done yoga for, gosh, too many years. 40 years. I've been doing yoga for 40 years. I used to have a yoga studio. Anyway, you don't have to do yoga in order to stretch, but stretching does have an incredible effect on the entire body. And in fact, when you wake up in the morning, and I learned this from my, uh, my partner, life partner slash husband, because that's just basically what he is. Um, I learned this from him and he, before he gets out of bed, he stretches every, every, everything that he can literally stretch. but not a lot it's not like he's doing grand movements he's lying in bed he's moving his fingers he's moving his toes he's you know turning his ankles he's putting his legs up in the air he's moving his ankles this way and that way and then you know bending his legs just moving them now it sounds very basic, but when you have been sleeping, your blood pools it at in your kind of the center of your body. It's kind of like your mattress does. You know how your mattress sinks over time, and you know you you put your weight somewhere. Well, that's what's happening to your blood. Your blood, all your energy, is kind of just been pulled and in, in one place for a very long time. So it's very important that we. Sleep slowly move into the day by stretching and moving, um, you know, moving your wrists and your fingers and, you know, like stretching your arms out and then stretching your legs and, you know, arching your back up and looking, looking up with your neck. And I know that some of you are listening, but I'm doing all these things because I'm very, I have to do things. Um, So, I'm looking up in the air. I look up. I stretch my neck. I stretch my neck to the side, the other side, and then I do circles with my neck one way and circles with my neck the other way. It's really so good for you. You have no idea what that does because what, what it does is it helps blood flow and circulation. So, if you're getting older, or even if you're not getting older, it doesn't matter if you're young, you should be stretching is something that when you learn to do it early on in life, it's with you forever. And if you are starting and it's later on in life, I'm telling you the benefits will, you will see huge because Melissa talking about your feet, When you start to walk, when you start to go out to do your exercise, take a walk, go for a run, maybe go swimming, maybe go on your bike, go to a class, whatever. If you have spent some time, a little bit of time in the morning just to stretch, you will see a difference in those activities. You will be that much more fluid because you've got energy and fluidity in those joints. It's important. So, before you get up out of bed, don't just jump up without taking a few minutes to stretch. Okay. That's my tip. And you know, what a great show. I love Be It. I love your tip on your feet because I love my feet. I love my feet. I take my shoes off and I go out and I ground, you know, that's important too. Thank you to Be It. Thank you to all the people that make Outcomes of Sun possible. I want to do a shout out to our executive producer Jeremiah, to Slater, to Dr. D, and anybody else who's supporting us. We are so grateful to you, and uh, we will see you again very, very soon. Come back so I don't have to
2: tip my head in a circle. I'll look like The Exorcist. I got to figure out what you're doing. Come back soon, and help this audience. <laughs> Come back
0: soon. You're listening to Outcomes of Sun. Bye choose healthy, choose you, Outcomes the Sun. Please go to foundation.org Help us create a resource navigator for people with mental health issues. We're coming up with solutions.
1: Outcomes the Sun has been a production of Evolve Entertainment. Hosts, Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. Executive producer, Jeremiah Higgins. Sound engineer and producer, Richard, Dr. D., Dukin and sound engineer Slater Smith. Thank you for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.